y'all like uncool, a way to deep dive into the shallowest people on the planet. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Bebe Alex Morand. That was my French, my girlfriend in Thank Paris. Thank you, in honor of our favorite Bravo show. <laughs> um, all right, guess whose tagline this should belong to. Okay. It's time to play a game of charade. <laughs> Is that for She by Charade? That's right, Julia. And I think after this reunion, there's a lot of uh, falseness to Sheree, wouldn't you say? An actual game of charade is being played by her. Um, mm-hmm. Reflecting upon Julia's stance, which I took at face value, wholeheartedly agreed last week, which was that Sheree owns up to everything. I'm starting to think, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I believed you in the moment, Julia. <laughs> She is working hard to raise that 22-year-old daughter, Elizabeth. A mother's work is never done. (laughs) Um, I'm going to throw it out here right now since we're on the topic, and then we can move forward when we actually get to Atlanta. But right after we recorded, it came out that the reason that you cannot buy any of those runway fashions in She by Sheree on the She by Sheree website is because she, what? Never paid the designer. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we are also joined by my lovely sister, Ms. Julia Baker. If I met him in a sewer, I would get married in a sewer. But I met him in Versailles, and that's the only place I'm willing to wed. And die. Am I right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I didn't know if we were doing a fun Maria Antoinette tie-it. <laughs> a fun guillotine joke. We can do Paris when we do Paris, but right now, Paris is scripted. Julia, I don't like it when one of my friends is trying to use my other friend for clout. <laughs> was I convincing? Was I convincing mm-hmm. as Victoria? Yeah, babe. A babe. All right. I'm Elizabeth. Here's my tagline for this week. A broken clock is right twice a day. And this broken clock is being crazy. It's being insane. That's crazy. I would never ask a woman to quit her job. (laughs) Our bravo boy. Our bravo boy. Oh, man. We got actually a solid week of bravo this week. Um, Do you guys want to start with our reunion part one for Atlanta? Oh, please. Okay. I'm starting us off. Hard questions coming at you fast. Question, really. Just the one. What's a bigger scam? Drop it with Drew or she by Sheree? She by Sheree. Just the timeline of it all. (laughs) Drew just started. She just dropped Drop It With Drew. But if I were to go to Sheree's website, purchase an item, will it be delivered to my home? Yes, but where is it I don't know if it would, but then I also, I have to say that I'm going to have to get out my pocketbook, spend $500 on a jumpsuit and $500 on a month to drop it with Drew and then report back. Like we don't have any evidence. We should all do this. We You're should right. support I, these I'm just, women. I'm, I'm merely speculating. We should actually try them both out. <laughs> we could buy a water bottle and all go in on the water bottle together. I think those are only $200. Okay, yeah, we just ship it to each other. Sisterhood of the traveling. She by Sheree water bottle. I'm going to go with what Alex said. I think she by Sheree is a bigger scam. It takes more time. She says that she designed it. She didn't even design the clothes that she supposedly designed. And then she doesn't even have the clothes that she didn't design. So it's like a scam to all the way to the top. This is like a, what is it? Vertical marketing. But it's just 
the word scams. <laughs> Drop mm-hmm. it by Drew. You can sign up for virtual classes or it, at camp. And it says it starts on October 9th at noon. Here's the address. So she does have something. Mm-hmm. She's just the marketable face with all of her Instagram followers. <laughs> Marlo's story is heartbreaking, but I do love that she brought her name and glitter on her door. Marlo, the light and the dark. Yeah, Marlo's story is just so sad, but you can't hide behind your traumas and yep. expect your storyline to continue on. Like, you know, there's a reason, not an excuse. So she can't hide behind it. Because that's going to get old. I'm sure people would love to experience her growth with her on TV. I mean, look Mm -hmm. how much... Not that Candace is anywhere close, but, like, Candace was a loose cannon, and now she's totally different on Potomac, and we've enjoyed that journey with her. So I think that Marlo just needs to continue to grow. And honestly, stop coming after Candy, because it just looks kind of goofy. Yeah. Her claim that Todd is the producer in the relationship is so wacky. (laughs) No! believes that that's way too much credit (laughs) um changing gears a teeny tiny bit i have lost who i am as a person because i will talk about it a little bit more in southern charm but i have had an insane change of heart with a certain somebody and i'm about to say something and i can't believe it's going to come out of my mouth i'm on drew's side with the whole sonya thing oh 100 percent me too. Sonya's a faker. She's as phony as Sheree. Yes, her reasoning is so circular. Drew's saying, I don't get what happened. And Sonya's saying, you betrayed my trust because you were upset with me when I said it in front of the group. And she's like, yeah, but why did you say it in front of the group? Like, you can't say you were upset that I was mad because I was mad. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Sonya can't produce anything other than, I think Drew's probably annoying and she just doesn't like her. Yeah, she knew she'd be the easy person to pick to side against, to mm-hmm. get on everyone's good side. Exactly. And I just feel bad because, like, Drew definitely has talked herself into a position over the past season where, like, she can't interrupt anyone ever or she'll be call- called out on it. But everyone else can interrupt her. So she had a really hard time making her points against Sonya because every time she tried to make a good point... It was boiled down to Drew, stop, let Sonya finish. So (laughs) I I just feel really bad for Drew. Also, fuck you to the person who said you interrupt. That's why you'll never work things out with your husband. Ralph is a serial killer. That's why she won't work anything out with him. Well, we just had a little short reunion. Um, I think we're going to get three parts, I'm assuming. Any final Mm -hmm. thoughts before we move on to uh, our very favorite show, Real Girlfriends in Paris? Two thoughts. One... Very cringe the way Andy behaves with this cast. I was very uncomfortable in that opening where he was greeting everyone. Just throwing that out there. I know he's gotten complaints in the past about hosting reunions for like Potomac and Atlanta. And like you can kind of see why. He definitely becomes a different person around them. Um, (laughs) And our segment... The, for the crude prude was, can you crude or a prude this episode? The biggest crude. She's been a crude ever since I created this segment. She's just crude Kenya now. It's basically ever since Sheree came up with the He by Sheree pant, Kenya has yeah. become crude. She is loving this pant. Obsessed with the penis pocket. My only final thought for the reunion part one is something I'd like to see in every reunion, if not bigger and better next time. Moat. I want a moat on every reunion. Oh, I want water. Yeah. 
I actually forgot. I was going to bring this up as someone who has been a production assistant for a Bravo reunion. The amount what? of times that like cast needs to like go to the bathroom, they need to take breaks. This set looks like the biggest nightmare in the world. I can't believe they when did this. someone inevitably storms off. They're gonna have to lower the bridge. They trap them on this little island in stiletto heels. Oh. Okay, you guys are not picturing this. You need to think with a bigger picture in mind. Number one, Craig doing his favorite reunion activity. Cocaine, mad, storms off, won't lower the bridge, stomps through the water, has to come back, wet socks the rest of the time. You don't want to see that? I do. All right. Uh, Real girlfriends in Paris time. Great. Great. Only thing I liked about this episode was... Anya and Matu, who wears a suit every day, and we just found out he's unemployed. And I realized we talk about uh, with Dubai and a little bit with this. I want to see them struggling to pull together their rent. Like, if you're struggling, let me see it. I don't want to see you tell me that you don't have money and then you don't really have jobs. Okay, Elizabeth, you saw they didn't have money. Matu was forced to share a hot dog with Jaja and all she ate were olives for her martini. They're that is for poverty, Elizabeth. That is poverty in Paris. Um, I'm gonna do a real quick shout out to friend and listener Haley Janatis, who taught me when I turned 21, when we were in college, order a drink that sounds real fancy because it comes with a bunch of garnishes, which we later dubbed cocktail salads. So we in college would order any drink that sounded like it would come with a whole pineapple and that's what we would eat for dinner. So I too have had olives for dinner. Our listeners are brilliant. We have a smart fan base. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I thought this episode, the one big benefit for me is that there was at least a little bit of drama in this one. And I found it so funny that the drama is revolving around this person that was introduced as just like a minor like side character, Yoan. How like, it's like they're all going to end up like being so mad. I, I, that's like the central conflict of the season is Vicky versus Yoan. I think that'd be very funny. And I might stick around for that just because it's so silly. But... There's nothing nothing happening for in this show. Are we officially, as a pod, abandoning this show? The one thing I'd, I'd feel bad about is if this is just one amazing slow burn towards all of them hating each other and we miss that. That is the one reason why I'd want to keep watching. I need Anya to throw something. I need a martini glass full of her olive dinner mm-hmm. to go flying across the room. I need a Teresa Judice in this mix. I was bummed because I thought Victoria and Emily were going to start having like a little like competitive like thing because Victoria was like obviously a little pissed about like her internship and whatever. Already squashed. And that immediately became the Yoan drama. Yeah. So. The reason I don't think we're going to hate each other is because Yohan is the common enemy and he has been cast Mm -hmm. as this because there was nothing more scripted that I've ever seen than when they were in Victoria's office and her boss was super pissed that he was 30 minutes late. It was truly a scene out of Emily in Paris. No exaggeration. That scene has like happened in Emily in Paris. No way. He was cast as a villain. He's loving his role, but I'm not buying what any of them are selling. And it's so sad. Perry, au revoir. Oh, we're done. We're done. (laughs) 
Julia's nail in the coffin. <laughs> Let's do Beverly Hills next so that we can end with some Southern charm. All right. Two thoughts right off the bat. Number one, Crystal earned her diamond officially this episode. I love her. She is the only one in this cast with like balls to stand up to Erica who's screaming in her face and doesn't give a shit. Uh, number two, Kyle cried over people not coming to her hat party and died liberal laughed harder. She was a mad hatter. Uh, <laughs> name of the episode. Bada bing. <laughs> she truly, it's so funny how she truly can't handle the drama when it's thrown at her. It's like something like you would have guessed, but it's so funny to see it actually happen. Which leads me to my thought, which I, I was shocked this came out of her mouth. Dorit says in there, we're not hanging out with them pizza party. It's just so sad because, like, our friendship group has never had teams before. That's our complaint about Beverly Hills is its teams. They have never been on separate teams. To that point, Erica and Kyle, like, say to each other when they have their confrontation near the end before, like, they're friends again. This has never happened in, like, seven years of us being friends. So to your we point, know. Yeah, there's <laughs> never been conflict between what are they the fucking the five foxes? Foxes <laughs> there's only four. 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 <laughs> we need to figure out who the fifth one is because I've just been making up somebody different every time. <laughs> Garcelle spent a whole season yelling that they were clicky and they were on the same team, so they clearly did not listen mm-hmm. to her. Also, um, Rena asked for a shot of 818 tequila just to poke the Kathy bear. And I kind of loved her for it. Anybody? I liked Lisa Rinna in this episode. That was a good move. (laughs) And she geniusly was able to get out of Kyle's hat party by going and talking to the other group. And then she never came back and never got in trouble for it. Lisa Rinna, there's something to be said about her. She knew what she was doing this episode. And then the text message. So the text message that was on our screens at the end of this episode has been all over social media this week. And I thought this was a classic case of Rena posting something. But now it's on Bravo. It like legitimized it. So now I'm kind of thinking, hmm, Rena. Also, Kathy was like a little too upset about Rena ordering 818, which I know didn't taste like candy because we've all seen the video of Kim Kardashian tasting it. <laughs> so I don't know. We, I mean, Kathy's a crazy person. We know this. She is, and it's not rational. Like, she wants Kyle to stand up for her and tell Rinna she's not allowed to drink the 818 tequila. But also, Kathy, we've all been watching Bethany Frankel for years. If you don't come with your skinny girl plaque and your skinny girl poster and your skinny girl model to gift us shots of tequila, no one is going to drink the tequila. Housewives know when they're being asked to do something and they will not do it for minimum effort. Julia, what's the name of Giselle and Robin's podcast? Reasonably Shady. What's the game they played at their podcast promotion party? Isn't it reasonable or is it Shady? Yes. That's a promotion. And it was on a panel. It was on a panel. Mm -hmm. And we remember the fight and I remember the podcast name. She presents it so dryly too. It's like she just gives them the bare information. We've invested in this. Will you try it? It's not like she doesn't put like a show. No. And maybe that's why 
I'm not getting it is it because it doesn't seem like she cares enough to storm out. Yeah, that's the thing is I can't even remember the brand name. Now we've like made a point of having to talk about it the past like three episodes and I still don't remember the name. No, I don't. Yeah. But do you know what I do remember? 818. I must say before, this was Dorit's funniest hour. I was cackling at everything oh, she did. Oh, poor Dorit. Like I was watching like a Kristen Wiig character this episode. It was amazing. Good job, Dorit. <laughs> when she's arguing with Crystal. Amazing. When it says no con, wait, what was it? No contest. It just means that they're not going to file again in that state. They moved it to a different state. But do you know that, Elizabeth? There's so much we don't know. We don't we know everything. We do know. We do know. <laughs> we know those earrings were purchased with the wrong money. Also, the fact Erica was wearing them. Oof, oof. I think this is the end for Erica. I have to give a shout out to Diana because I just think it is so incredibly hilarious that she became like the place where Dorit and Erica were able to go stay in a non-hostile environment. Refugees, Julia! That was my Dorit. Yeah. She's hosting the pizza party, making sure they feel like they're in a safe space and not having to try on hats with Kyle. And she knows mm-hmm. at this time everything that's happening with Erica because she's there listening. So the fact that she thought in retrospect, oh, this is going to be a bad look that I'm clearly on Erica's team and donated the $100,000 to the victims through her own charity is truly hilarious and makes her yeah. very housewife worthy. And I've rethought. No. <laughs> no. You can't you can't do extra credit over the weekend and still pass the class. Okay. Not this much. Did we talk about this on the pod? I think we just talked about it in our text really fast. Diana donated $100,000 to the victims of the plane crash. What charity, you may ask? The one that she started. So the money hasn't gone anywhere. Diana just put it in a separate bank account and got to write it off on her taxes. Hilarious. Also, people are tweeting out, that was fucking shady tweets. And guess who is liking them? Asher. Asher. Her husband. husband, So. Well, the legal team also made a point of calling it out. The legal team representing the victims saying what it like. We don't think this was made in good faith. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is this? Basically. (laughs) Are you ready for Southern Char? Mm -hmm. So which car would you guys want to be in for this trip? And why would you cry if you were in the Shep car? (laughs) (laughs) Vanita, Taylor, and Craig, or Shep Austin fighting about Taylor with Olivia in the back with headphones on. I would pick that car, honestly. (laughs) Olivia's growing on me, and I by no means want her to be in the next season of Southern Charm, but she is Same, growing Julia. on me. I've just gotten used to her on my television at this yeah, point. Yeah, she's grown on me too, but she is like that, right now she's like that person that's like fun to have around, but all they seem to do is like repeat something funny someone just said and laugh. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, yes. She's like still good company. I have to confess, I found myself not once, not twice, but many a time this episode saying... Good for you, Austin. Austin has become the fucking voice of reason in this cast. I can't believe I'm saying that. Number one, his heart with heart with Taylor. Number two, Amazing. telling Shep, what the fuck are you doing trying to alienate her financially, like from her independence? Gross. And then telling Craig that he needs to stop because Craig looks like a crazy person. We all agree. Now Naomi does not seem into Craig 
Craig seems obsessed with her, though. We got a taste of that reunion, Craig, this episode. And <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Get that boy a moat. I think we called it by claiming the Bravo boy is Austin now. I think that we were ahead of it, and it's, you know, we were totally on the pulse of that. And I think that it's very transparent in the Taylor Austin scene, which is great. He's like being very real, which is crazy to see. That so much of like what we previously have hated about Austin all stems from him feeling like a damaged victim of the relationship with Madison, which isn't something I'd totally ever really given him the benefit of the doubt for because I think they were both awful to each other. But like in his world, like the Ma- Madison really like fucked him up. He really sees himself in Taylor. The fact that Austin was able to hear that Shep was going to try to get Taylor to quit her job, be able to immediately understand what that would mean for Taylor, and then be able to confront Shep about it, is a Southern charm male first. We have not had a man this evolved on our television, and I can't believe I'm saying this about Austin, but here we are. So I'm not getting the appeal of Shep at all. I can't imagine, you know, Taylor says, I see this side of him. He lays in the bed while she packs for him while people are knocking at their door. He says horrible things to her in public, which you know, he that means that he's saying even worse things to her in private. I don't see anything about his Hank Hill body that's attractive or his personality. And all I can think is I can hear Taylor's mom saying, it's just what Southern boys do. He's from a certain kind of family, honey. You just let him go and tuck himself out, but he'll always be faithful to you in the end. So that's just like what Taylor thinks you gotta do to like get a meal ticket like Shep. But honestly, Shep doesn't seem worth the price. Now, Elizabeth, I know our society treats aging men so horribly, and I'm about to (laughs) add to this. When we saw the flashback of Chef just a couple episodes ago when he was younger, Chef had a certain charm a few years back. That charm Mm -hmm. is gone. The wine is not aging so well. Taylor knew Chef a few years back. Mm -hmm. I think Chef has spoiled under Taylor's watch. No fault to Taylor whatsoever. I just think the charm is gone. I think without Taylor, he is going to have a horrible time. And I think Taylor remembers the chef that she met. I imagine he's charming-ish at first. Also, I like your joke about how we treat men as we watch these poor women feel like they're old maids at 23 while these disgusting 50-year-olds are like running around being careless frat boys. But it was only two years ago But yeah, I think that Shep has kind of become spoiled because, you know, Taylor's going to walk into Shep's house and see his, all of his clothes are dirty and she's just going to wash them and then he doesn't put them away. So she puts them away. So he's like weirdly lost any kind of independence he has and he has nothing to do all day. So he has nothing to talk about. And, uh, you know, I assume that she has seen the entire series of Southern Charm. And I'll admit that, like, Shep used to be, like, a charming goofball, like, in the earlier mm-hmm. years. He had a whole, like, dating spinoff about him. But I saw this on Twitter. Um, this is not my original thought, but I think it's very true that, like, in earlier seasons, um, Shep used to, like, clown on Thomas Ravenel for, like, the very way that Shep has, is behaving, like, now. 
just like the way he treats women, what he's aged into. It's like it's it's interesting watching the evolution of Shep from like a guy that's like very carefree and is like I would never be like that type of guy, and he's become that type of guy. Ugh. Gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with that, I think it's time for awards. Being on topic, I'm going to go first with my award. My relationship award. Oh, didn't I give this last week? I give it again. I give to Miss She by Sheree herself. Named, of course, after the horrible boyfriend Shep. Miss She by Sheree. Sheree has broken up with her boyfriend who treated her like shit and stood her up on national TV and is now with a nice guy. Oh, good. We're so happy. Who is this nice guy, you might ask? His name is Martel, and he is from a show called Love and Marriage where he famously cheated on his wife a bunch of times and got his mistress pregnant one time. So I'm so glad that Sheree has upgraded from a guy who doesn't show up to a guy who shows up Debatably too much. She really tried to not name him on the reunion. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone knew. I can Google. Mm-hmm. Alex, your award. My Charlie Bucket's Grandparents Award, named after Charlie Bucket's bedridden grandparents, Grandpa Joe, Grandma Josephine, Grandpa George, and Grandma Georgina, goes to Shep. For laying in bed this entire season during the hard times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julia, what's your award? My Queen of Compassion Award I'm gifting to the most compassionate Erica Jane, who said this episode mm-hmm. for the first time ever that she feels very bad for those people. She said it nine months ago. What more do you want from me? As long as I say it once, I could say that I don't care about them <laughs> as many times as I want. <laughs> what a disaster. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.